man. This is Dropping Jews. Yes, sir. Welcome, everybody, to this new podcast, Dropping Jews. Redefining what we thought was true. So today we wanted to talk about... Just that jewel, that energy, man. Yeah, Einstein energy. ain't gonna know how to act, man. What Nikola Tesla when you need him, <laughs> man. Man, y'all know what time it is, man. It's dropping jewels. We in the building on the ones and twos. It's me and my man, Meech. We in the building, baby. Man, we glad y'all listening, man. Hey, man, like, send them comments when y'all go on SoundCloud, man, or whatever whatever platform you're on, man. Hey, I appreciate, we appreciate it. Me and my man, Meech, man, we just in here, man. Just about to have a conversation, you feel me? I agree. <laughs> we gonna talk. We gonna talk about as it, man. As we always, do. as we always do, baby. As we always do. So, uh, I don't know, man. How you feeling today, bro? I feel okay. That's good. I, I'm feeling kind of good. Okay. And, uh, my bills been paid for the last month. Well, well. You know, uh, the end of the year is steadily. Approaching. Approaching. Yes. Well, well. St. Louis County is about to get their check from me for personal <laughs> property. So, <laughs> hey, I'm doing better than some. Facts. If they don't know, now you know. Dude. And I'm, I'm grateful and fortunate to be in the situation I am currently. How about you? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling blessed and highly favored. You know, um, I could be anywhere else in the world, man, but. This podcast got me driven and inspired, man. So, you know, like you said, taxes due at the end of the year. I've been blessed to be able to pay those <laughs> property taxes. Man, if y'all if y'all not from St. Louis, there is a tax called personal property tax that you have to pay. Is that a Missouri thing or is that just a, a St. Louis, St. Louis County thing? That's a good question. I don't know how other cities and states are governed, but I would assume that most, if not all, cities within this country have a personal property tax. Okay. Okay. Because oh, I'm they thinking of sales tax, ain't I? Yeah, I think you're oh, thinking okay. of yeah. sales tax. Right. But, you know, we fought <laughs> for this land, and you guys have to pay us <laughs> your rent fee. For having your building on our land, I guess that's the premise. <laughs> when you say fault, what do you mean by that? Like, what do we? What were we fighting for? We were fighting for independence. Mm. We were fighting for the red, white, and blue. Okay. We fought with the help of the French mm. and the French Revolution against the English. <laughs> <laughs> You know that I mean you. I mean that's the narrative. So I going with the narrative right now, right? That's you know, what we fought for. What was the cause of the fight? 
Well, <laughs> it's a mixed bag. I mean, do you want to know? I want you to peel that bitch back. Remember you told me, you said, do you want me to peel that onion? Well, we can peel that onion. <laughs> Uh, we can definitely peel it back, <laughs> but my belief or my my belief based on upon my understanding of my reading of American history is that the Revolutionary War was fought because those who had the means wanted to protect their interests. They were upset for paying high taxes. The original colonizers, right? Though original colonizers, that's a good way to put it. So that's how I understand it from my reading. If I had to compare it to today, I would compare it to the Googles, the Facebooks, uh, the Coke Enterprises or the Coke Brothers, their organizations or their enterprises within them. They go to Congress and lobby for legislation to be preferential to their business interests. Well, in the uh, mid-1700s, there was a lobby going on with the aristocrats to protect their interests, and they devised a very clever plan to overthrow the English. So that's my theory of what we fought for. Oh, that's the the, the Tea Party. That was the Tea Party before the, the tea, tea Party. party. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, that's the history that we was told, right? Like they say, it's always his story. So. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of moving parts. But the beautiful thing about history is, is that it's not concrete. There's always a general narrative. But once you start going into individual in their lives, you start to see the motive behind the means or why did they choose to do this or that. And and that's why I find curious when you start learning the personalities. Uh, they're not as glamorous as you have read in your history books. Man, that, that was a good philosophy with you. If y'all have not heard Meech on this uh podcast this is like the historian man. he's like the, he's like the national treasure you, you remember uh uh nicholas cage and national treasure? that is niche right now he oh man he's always dropping some jews hey if you want to know about some historical facts i call him mr almanac because he's gonna tell you what happened what happened in 1932 Meech? Meech oh, man. it was the great depression and oh it's gonna- man it, but 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 <laughs> But I feel like what's what's the beauty of history is is it allows us to see where our mistakes were and not repeat them. But are we actually doing it? But though? that and that's where I'm going to. Okay. It, as much as we, it's there for a lesson. We still are continually making the same mistakes. So you can see the same type of division between the the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists as you see the Republicans it's and the Democrats, Democrats yeah. today. You know, or, you know, you have different political faction within the America. You At one point you had the Whig party, you know. <laughs> yeah. Parliament. I mean, yeah, you, you, yeah, you had the Whig. You had the Democrat-Republican party, yeah. you know, which was what Thomas Jefferson was up under. And uh, those those parties went back and forth as they do now. Today, yeah. Yeah, I just think sometimes we like to be like, oh, this is the most divisive politics I ever been. What do you think they thought during Reconstruction? Right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. You telling the people that, you telling the South, we taking all your stuff. 
And it's about equality. And we're going to send troopers or uh, government men down there to police enforce the law. No, oh, but, but, but you make a good point, man. Because uh, I don't think people really look at history like... Uh, someone as you said, I know nobody probably look at his. Well, I ain't gonna say nobody, but you know, professionals or something. You know, Michi's of that status, dog, because he 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 got a fine. He 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 go through history with a fine comb. But I think a lot of people don't look at history like you're saying because at one point Democrats and Republicans, like you said, had reversal roles. It was at one point where Democrats was for slavery and the Republicans were the ones that supposedly were fighting for freeing the slaves. So it is intriguing, like you said, how we are, it's like a 360. We are making the same mistakes over and over again, but who's actually benefiting from those mistakes? And are we really trying to correct those mistakes because somebody is benefiting from it? Well, to piggyback on what you were saying, the Republican party has always been for business. Right. So as America has become more and more wealthy, Republican interests have become more and more concentrated. If you're not going to have African-Americans as business owner, the Republican Party has no good for you. Whereas the Democrat Party seen an opportunity, especially Franklin Delaware Roosevelt, yeah. you know, during the Depression, that was an opportunity because there was a lot of pushback from the far left, communists, socialists, unions, pressuring them to do something about the Depression. He did some things to move, slowly start moving black people towards the Democratic <laughs> Party. And, and more importantly, Kennedy. Yeah, he played it, yeah. He, he played probably... The most important, him and then London B. Johnson when he implemented the Great American Society, which is what Republicans always say is the reason why uh, black Americans are in the state that we in today. But the point is, is that there there has been a, a, a movement, a switch, and Republicans only focus on the business and how we can make business owner more money. It was like that. Don't get it twisted. It was like that during... Lincoln's day too. Exactly. However, no, I don't think President Lincoln could have imagined the gilded area or the gilded age is what they call, which is the one of the most richest uh, periods in American history. That's when you have the oil you oligarchs, the railroad expansion, uh, J.P. Morgan, John D. Rockefeller, I think that's his name, Andrew Carnegie, Rock the Vanderbilt, Rock, all you, all mm. these families became massively rich, and that's where you get your president. Okay, I forget to. Nah, no, no, no. Hey, this is what I'm talking about, y'all. If y'all don't know, he's finna, he's finna educate nah. you all on American history, and I don't think a lot of people know this stuff, man. That's why it's a brush over. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's the well, thing. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Like I'm, you said, you giving a snapshot. Yeah, I'm giving a snapshot. To but give that's a even more yeah. than I think schools are teaching today because. What are you what you're talking about is the gilded era. It's about capitalism booming at it at its at Absolutely. Its prime. Absolutely. So that's why when, when you were saying it, I didn't want to say nothing because you was you was going. You yeah. was going. So I didn't want to nah, stop you. No, nah, that's real. And that's when and that's what they compare this era to now, the second gilded age. 
uh, because of the wildly expansion of wealth within this country within the last 15 years. You remember, we was just talking about it. I'm like, man, man, I was looking at my stuff. I'm like, dang, look at the stock market 15 years ago and look at it today. We just missed out on the greatest wealth transfer in this country's history in the last 15 years. Yeah. If you invest in the stocks now, I mean, during that period, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Amazon. I, yeah. 20, 30 percent at least return on your investment. Yeah. If you did it the right way. Yeah. Because at that time, well, you say 20. Yeah. Because Walmart was you had a couple of splits with Walmart, too. Yeah. And. You're right. It, we did miss out, man. He <laughs> say hindsight 2020 is a mother. But 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 see, that's the thing about the response to the Gilded Age was Teddy Roosevelt, in which he was a Republican, right? Yeah. But he was very instrumental in implementing checks and balances to wildly insane corporate growth. So you you get a lot of organizations, federal organizations that come out of his administration that could, you know, check some of the oligarch. Prime example, J.P. Morgan had a monopoly. He had a big dent on the market within his industry. And the government took him to court and made him tear his company apart. He had piece by piece by piece by piece. So he couldn't own one big share of the company. So that's just one example uh, of the government regulating industries. I think the FDA, that's one of the organizations that come out of uh, the progressive area. That's what they call it. Pardon me, the progressive area. It wasn't coming to my mind, but it's the progressive area, which you get a lot of regulation uh, to kind of circumvent some of rampant growth within big business. But like you said, also, it was it was a small pool of individuals that were able to capitalize off of that Instead of uh, um, like, I don't I don't know if I could if we can per se say that the nation thrived off of it be because like you said the Vanderbilts, the uh, J John P Rockefeller his family Rothschild all them they the ones who really thrived off of it. So what about even back then there were still Jim Crow laws in place to where we could not benefit off of those policy policies that were put in place. You you know what's interesting, and it's a great point you made, and I, and I and I want to stress this a lot. I want to stress this a lot. Pardon me. Um, it seems like within my readings, Americans were more educated during that period of time, more articulate during that period of time, more critical and logical during that period of time. And that's what made America one of the greatest immigration havens during that mm. period, because it allowed people to exercise not only their freedom, but their voice in in the whole political process, unlike not seen up until that point within that era. And uh, even I mean, I've, I've read like Hubert. It's a brother. I can't think of his name offhand, but uh, his name is Hubert. Humphrey. I don't know if it's Hubert. I don't think that's a I don't think it's Hubert Humphrey, but I get back with that name. But it's a brother. I've read his book, man, and he's man, he was around in 1910, 1905 time, and the brother was, you know, you you reading this and you like, man, like the 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 depths and then 
and the knowledge that they have during this period of time, it feel like we've taken the back seat now. <laughs> we've fallen back some. <laughs> For real. I mean, just from just reading the thought process during uh, that you day. You he was black. The, uh, yeah, he Hubert. was black. Yeah, I'm going to find his name. I think it's Hubert Brown. Hubert. This is the uh, at the end of slavery or this era. was about the 1900s he got a couple books i got his book in my office i i believe i do hubert brown or no hubert humphrey was the former vice president yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> i can't think of this cat name man but you mean like the uh mary pleasance or the um the lady with the hair care i can't remember her name madam cj yeah walker. madam cj yeah, walker yeah right like you said, but I think a lot of things um, like external influences played a role in maybe us going, I don't want to say backwards, but maybe forced us to, what can I say? Uh, because when you think of like Black Wall Street, the bombings, or you think of the riots in East St. Louis yeah. or Atlanta, Georgia, those things had an effect on us to where they didn't, you know, the prominence that we probably exhibited before. And, you know, it, after slavery, it forced us to educate ourselves to produce businesses on our own because we didn't have the opportunity to mingle with the other race. So Absolutely. it forced us to do things on our own and start producing things on our own. You had to be a doctor. doctor. Yeah. Because white doctors Doctor wouldn't see you. you. Yeah, exactly. You know, you had to be a dentist because white dentists wouldn't allow you into their offices. Couldn't even drink so, from the same water fountain. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so you had this uh, invisible hand that pushed people into professions out of necessity. Yeah. Out of necessity. Yeah. So we, and maybe we got lazy. Well... I mean, and then there's other factors it, to it. It's too. definitely a culmination of things. And 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 one of the first things that was wrong that happened was redlining during uh the 1930s that the federal government has admitted to being wrong in, in which basically yeah, they had restrict restrictive covenances which prevented people of black color from going into neighbor all white neighborhoods and getting home loans. That's right. Whereas there you go. they allow whites to get out the cities or the white flight to the suburbs and cause one of the greatest wealth transfers as well within this country because home ownership is equity. Mm. You leverage your equity always can leverage equity and what you did to minorities by not allowing them to leave their respective community is you kept them in these neighborhoods but not only did you keep them in these urban so-called urban neighborhoods more and more jobs left these urban neighborhoods so now the job that great grandpa had that paid 10 15 20 dollars during that period was gone so what do you resort to in that circumstance yeah. when jobs aren't there yeah. right it's it's just a cause and it's an effect more so than anything so, so systematically the these certain programs that were put in place had a role in us playing that part like you saying of us not you, you know not being able to uh 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, provide for your family or provide for your community. You know what I'm saying? At one point, like you said, black people weren't even allowed to go to white schools or these white universities that uh, are now, you know, prestige now. We had, it's a reason why HBCUs were created. It's a reason why black colleges were created because we were not accepted in those white universities. So like you said, that invisible hand had to force us to 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 do things on our own out of necessity. And like you said, with that redlining, even the unwritten rules of a black person moving into a white neighborhood, somehow that means the property value is going down now. Well, and, 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 and that's the thing, like when people are ignorant enough to speak on African-Americans and how they're ghetto, African-Americans and how they're uneducated, African-Americans about how crime ridden their communities are. They also need to look at the causes that mm. brought them into the situation that they currently in. Well, first off, you already a few hundred years Behind. Behind. Yeah, behind the eight ball, baby. <laughs> you can't sit up her. You can't listen. I I, I use an example, <laughs> man. You because know, I, I, I like simple, very simple examples that people can get, right? So everybody loves Chick-fil-A, right? Chick-fil-A, yeah. Popeyes and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or the Popeye sandwich. Either one. We can flip. <laughs> right. But if I excluded a certain person or a certain group of people from taking ownership within this Chick-fil-A, they'll be missing out. That group, that segment will miss out. Now, if I only allow another group, one other group, so let me just make it more yeah, let people, people can visualize, visualize it. it yeah. Say I said white people can only own Chick-fil-A's. I'm not letting no black people own Chick-fil-A's. Black people, y'all stood to the side. It's going to be white people. Well, white people do this for three, four hundred years. Just think about what the average sale. Let's just say a Chick-fil-A sales is a million dollars a year. Let's just say the person who own it is getting three hundred thousand of that a year. Right. You do that. Do three hundred thousand over 15, 20 years. You know what I'm saying? That's three, four million dollars right there. Well, you already three, four million dollars up on the person who's not allowed to take in that experience. It's simple math. So what I'm saying is, is that America, okay, let me get like for <laughs> America. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. Uh, but what you're talking about is that generational wealth that we are skipped out on because now we're trying to play catch up. And now, like you said, with these these the the, the laws that like the Vanderbilts, the Rothschilds, the the Rockefellers, they all were in places to where now they get that generational wealth and they had that opportunity where that same opportunity wasn't afforded to the African-American community because of certain things that, I mean, not certain things, but because of slavery and other things that were in place. This, this The whole economy is credit-based, which credit is based on leverage, right? Right. So you always have to leverage something within this con- uh, economy. So if you don't have good credit, you can't leverage your name to get the credit. But then if you got good credit, you also want to be leveraged the equity within something, the asset you have. And that's what most people within 
the richer people. I just say focus on them. The people who have or well off to do in, in big companies, that's what they do. They leverage their equity, they, their position, the amount of money they make a year to use debt to create more money. And minorities or black people in particular have not, for one, don't have a credit score to get the credit. <laughs> for two, are under leveraged when they get the loans because it's been companies that's been came that and came out that's been sued that's came out and said that they've given ghetto loans to black people, home loans, yeah. ghetto home, home loans, loans to black people. So when you you get a loan and your house is already underwater, as soon as you walk into the house, you uh, you over leverage. Yeah, you can't pull the equity and make yourself rich. It'll be the upside down. Yeah. Right, right, but but and so when someone tries to say, oh, they don't black people this, black people that, you got to understand that black people came over here in servitude to serve as a service for something. So why would the people who brought minorities, black people over here, why would they teach them how to maneuver within this economy? And be competitive. And and truly be, be competitive. competitive. I right. agree. And how would they say they can diversify something if you're not trying to teach them? And then a lot and then to go mm-hmm. to add on to your point, a lot of uh it's underrepresentation of people of minorities that are in place that can help you uh like you said, with the financial institutions or or the the uh, 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 the real estate agents, or I'm I'm talking about back in those times. So, you know, you you really coming you you going against the grain, man. It's 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 like eight to one, and you trying to find a way to compete with that, where they make it to a point to where it is non competitive, and I think people don't really understand. What white privilege is? I mean, this is we're, we're, we. That's what we're really talking about. I mean, and understanding yep. that when you, it's like it's like a race. If we if we run in a sprint at the a uh, uh, hundred yard dash, and you at the ninety, and I'm still at zero, you're going to win. Right. We 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 got to run a mile. Right. Right. <laughs> which is four times around a lap. Right. And they already three laps right. ahead of yeah. us, and we just starting the race. Right. Well, who you know who gonna win? They can walk and still beat me. <laughs> what you say? A nice little strut, huh? <laughs> they can walk around the track and still beat me. <laughs> oh man, hey, I'm, it's, it's it's interesting how like when we breaking down. I, I I just want people to take what we're saying is. Is these are facts what we're talking about. This is not no opinionated, you know, thing that me and Meech is coming up with, but this is historical fact of what's going on and, and it's been going on. You know, a lot of people want to say, well, look at y'all now. Yeah, look at us now. We still trying to play catch up. That's what it is, man. Right. And and, and I think that the the nature of this system forces people to believe that you have to pull one's self up. By the bootstraps, which is not the natural progression of how this nation has developed. 
if you have to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, why did you have to pull these Africans from Africa exactly. and bring them over and work the land? Right. Pull yourself up. Do it yourself. Self. Work the land. This is all your acreage. It's on you. Right. So that premise, when you start unpacking certain things that people say out of stupidity, you find a fallacy, a contradiction in that. God but damn, I, but what I tell in, you, dog. what I tell you though, we all are walking contradictions. <laughs> so yep. when you say nonsense, I'm going to find a hole in it and say, see, look at you full of nonsense. <laughs> so you can't sit up here and tell me pull yourself up when you done brought <laughs> slave over here to work your land. For free. It, for free. 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 Oh, for what? 400 years you've been getting free labor. Can you imagine that if you had a business and I was getting free labor? You know how much profit I see? That's crazy to me, dog. I don't understand how you feel like you don't have a hand up. And then the policies you put in, the laws you put in place, I was less than a man. I was three-fourths of a man. So then I'm already against that eight ball. Well, you know, that. see, see that one get complex, man. <laughs> so they, you know, the legal scholars claim that three-fifths doesn't- Or oh, three-fifths, yes, I'm sorry. Technically mean that uh, we were less than a man. It three-fifths- Meant for representation purposes th for voting, it was a disadvantage, basically. That's what so I'm they saying. allowed the South because that was a part of the uh, the compromise, right? Uh, what compromise was that? That was uh, I can't remember either. Look it up, I know yeah. it's on there. It's it's the, it's the great compromise or the I think you're right. The Great Compromise was an agreement made between large states and small states regarding how much power. It's the Great Compromise. Damn. The United States. See, I told you, hey, this man here, <laughs> the walking almanac. I swear, yeah, it's the Great Compromise. <laughs> yeah. So, but, 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 but they technically say that it doesn't mean that slaves was representation of three fifths of the man. I know that sounds good, but they say that technically it meant that it was only for representation purposes. So, if you got a hundred slaves. We're going to use three-fifths three of them. that right. for voting purposes. Not that they three-fifths as a person. I know it can sound tricky, but I think that sometimes when people represent that, and because I, I don't want to bash white people all the time, they very clever with yeah, I feel you. the way the way that's worded as clever. is worded in a way to where... Because the founding fathers were smart. They didn't want to... They really didn't want to touch the slavery thing. Sure did. They didn't want to touch it, so... Uh, that was just another clever. So, so that was in seventeen eighty seven. Mm hmm. So when did? Okay, so if I'm understanding that philosophy correct, are we? If you saying three fifths, if you got a hundred black people, then three fifths only can vote. But I thought uh, black people didn't have the right. Well, to vote. well, it was saying three fifths can represent. Voting because what it was was the South was trying to use all their slaves to count as voting, and the North's oh, like, no, nah, you can't yeah, use all them. Right. Y'all got all these slaves. Y'all, y'all can get everything y'all want. Pull. What so what yeah. the North said, hold on, let's do this. Count three fifths of the total slaves you have, and then you can use that for voting purposes. And then but, what do you think the slaves gonna pick though? <laughs> 
Well, they well, well, that's the thing. I don't think the slaves voted. I just think that they used the slaves for they because because you know how vote. It's yeah, just like it's the, the census. census. It's yeah. just it's just like the whole yeah, idea to get census. Yeah, but that, that's so that's they get more votes though. with yeah. more people because they were yeah. Oh, you talking about well, yeah, based off. Are you saying based off the like the electoral colleges and everything and how they represent that certain state or whatever? Well, based off how the census is like, so how the census is set up is that. But based on how many people you have in your state, your district te- tells you how many representatives take, going okay. out to I got you. DC. So it's the same concept. The South wanted to include all of them so they have more power when they but in the North was like, hey, nah, that ain't fair. That y'all uh use three fifths of that, and then we'll count that as representation as you move forward. So Man, we're gonna take a break. <laughs> when we come back, me's gonna have some more historical nah, lessons nah, for y'all, nah. man. I swear he will. <laughs> back ladies and gentlemen me and my boy meech man he was dropping them jewels historical almanac over here baby i told you boy he played in the movie national treasure i ain't seen him though man i'm just it's just a little bit today people it's just you know we just talking realistically this conversation is about the state of the culture i'm sorry we didn't Give, yeah, a, we didn't give a title, but a we title was going in the in, beginning. Though, but Fuck we that. just we wanted to, we wanted to start from American Revolution, the concentration of wealth to the top, and we we kind of quickly moved through a couple periods. But ultimately, I do want to hit on something before we get into the modern era. Go ahead, brother, and and that is you know you know the fifties, sixties. Do you think that for Black people, integration was the best thing, considering that segregation forced us to become independent. Oh, shit. You just going to stop right there? Yeah, I'm going to stop right there. Yeah. Do I think integration was the best thing? I think integration could have been the best thing without the... um, without the backlash or the ridicule that we took during those 50s and 60s uh, with the riots and the Jim Crow laws. Um, It could have been better for us because there were ideas that we came up with that were very influential in American culture today as we speak. Uh, Certain inventions that happen uh, the Knickerbocker or the uh, filament of the light bulb, uh, George Washington Carver, Booker T. Washington. I think if you let us come in with our God-given rights and letting us come in integration as an individual, 
instead of the uh, backlash that we took or the riots that occurred in our neighborhoods to cause destruction and to cause us to lose out on a lot of resources to where we had to recoup those resources that we actually didn't fully recoup. I think integration, it, uh, it was great because we were able to interact with each other, but integration also made us, this is just my opinion, it made us rely on them very more often than necessary because a lot of things that we did on our own were taken away from us that we originally, I mean, that we originally had to fight for. So integration was a good thing, but it could have been a great thing without the the riots and the 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 Jim Crow laws and all that. Because even though we, even though, like you said, the fifties and sixties with the civil rights movement, there were still Jim Crow laws occurring still in the South, even though those laws were passed in the sixties and. You know, integration, I mean, it's a good thing because we are able to work with each other, interact with each other. But just think if you could have just came into the game um, with everything that you worked hard for without the the uh, limitations of us being able to fully use our intellect right. and, and not look down upon because in certain instances, we may have thought of things that you may not have thought of. Mm -hmm. It was a fear of us being better when it didn't have to be there. It could have been people coming together and uniting and making a better United Nation. Right. But even though integration occurred, it occurred at a, at a, like a, um, uh, put a passive aggressive way though. You know what I'm saying? Even though I was, you know, you, oh, okay, let's all come together. But then you still want me to drink out of this water fountain that, you know, or you want, I can only, it's certain restaurants that'll serve me or it's certain hotels that'll serve me or that'll accommodate me. So yes, integration was good, but I think segregation, like you said, forced us to get those necessities right. that were needed in order for us to thrive as a, as a community ourselves because we had no choice but to look out for each other. We had no choice but to build our own homes. We had no choice but to be our own doctors. We had no choice but to um, come up with manufacturing ideas that will support us or come up with steamboats that will support us. Right. And I think it gave us representation to where we didn't have to worry about what they were doing on their end because we were already taking care of ourselves. It's just integration. I mean, like I said, it, it has its pros and cons to it. It's, it's kind of complex because when you think about it, well, here's my question for you. Do you think we are better now than when, when we were in regards to that aspect of what, what you asked me? No, I don't. I think we worse off than we were even 50 years ago. Right. Um, and just to piggyback on the question that you answer for me, I'll answer it myself and I'll feel I feel like that integration was the worst thing mm. that happened to African Americans in particular. So my analogy to kind of give a visual of that would be uh say you had a parent, right? Say it's your mom. Uh but your mom has always been partial to your older brother to begin with. That's her favorite child, right? Well, America, America is the mom, right? <laughs> and, and white people have always been That's American a... favorite son or daughter, however you want to put it. So your your older brother playing uh, basketball with his friends and all American. 
He's never letting you pay, play with him. And you going into mom and say, mom, you know, they don't never let me play. And you crying. Boy, shut he, up. And just he, home, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now that's what she did over time. Like, all right, all right. Just sit down, put it here. Yeah. And then she get tired of crying. She talked to the old, hey, let your brother play with you. Because I'm tired of him and that, crying. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. I'm tired of him crying. No, and I'm summarizing right, pretty right, much what yeah, you said. Yeah. I'm tired of him crying. And the, the, the problem with integration was for one it was never on fairness because America was already partial to begin with right. for two white people have never then and even to this day don't respect black people so by us integrating I'm not talking about in particular when I say this too I'm talking about in a general sense as yeah. a society whole I'm not saying individual white people please don't take my words out of context I, Speak I do talk believe that talk that meets White people relatively that I meet on a daily basis are beautiful, loving, caring people. However, there's a general stigma that looks down upon African-Americans. And I don't care who you are, how big, how small you want to be in this world or in this, in this culture. That's prevalent. So with integration, it has caused African-Americans or black people to give up their strengths in literature, give up their strengths in art and culture, amalgamate their ideas within the European identity. Not to say that European identity wasn't in the Americas a hundred years ago, because it was because we in a Western world. Yeah. However, we're so merged into are immersed within woven interwoven <laughs> within uh western thought or western culture that so was it true integration then it was i i believe it was true integration from the sense of black people allowing or were allowed to go to black white schools pardon me that was true integration. Black people going to white establishments and eating. That was but, integration. But why, what, what, what caused that, though? The government. <laughs> but, no, but I mean, like, like okay, prime example, athletes. Yeah. When we talk about these white schools, they didn't want to touch. The, Alabama did not want to touch black athletes at one yeah, point. Yeah. And then they saw they was these... Some of these schools that were taking these black athletes, they were successful. So then it became a capital gain for them to me. This is just my personal opinion. It became a capital gain because when you're a winner, then boosters will support you and right. you get the alumni support in order to do that. So when I say true integration, was it really true integration when you said to yourself, well, like you had to come in doing European ideology. So could you come in? Saying. Could you come in as myself or would I have to adhere to what you Right, I see what you're saying. Yes. And and in that sense where well and I guess what you're getting at is that oh you can't have braids, you gotta cut your hair. Yeah, pretty much. You know, you can't have nappy yeah. natural hair, right. you have to cut it. So you still have to conform with that. So you you begrudgingly integrating. Yeah. Are you holding some of yourself back because you want to fit the bill within the status quo. And that shows you the weakness 
in the whole concept yep. of saying we finna pull these people over and, and integrate. Well, the government or no institution from what I've read in history knows how to do a good job of bringing people <laughs> together. So why do we expect 50 years ago for the government to do the right thing when they have never, never done, done the right, right thing, thing in yeah. human history? Yeah. I don't trust the government with my general welfare between the next brother or sister. I don't trust the brother in cross-cultural communications with my Asian brothers and my my Latina sisters. Right. I don't trust them with that. <laughs> and I'm not going to put my faith in them to make sure that we get along. Just think if it happened organically and naturally, how diversified this country would be if things just happened on its own accord. Like we always talk about, you you can't fight nature, man. Nature runs its own course, dog. And when you're trying to depict on how people should act and the uh, uh, proper behavior or this and that and the other, it doesn't work like you think it should. Do you know why these these programs are put in place for diversity? It's been studies done showing that you've been having an upper hand for so long that it needs to be balanced. Well, and that's the question about diversity. Is diversity, forced diversity a good thing? Should people be allowed to be how they truly are? Like some people don't want to be diverse. They don't want well, other cultures, yeah, customs. know that. And should, why should we force them to do so? I think in certain instances, when it comes to capital gain, I think it, it needs to be in place because we would be in the same position that we were 400 years ago. You know what I'm saying? I think we don't know as far. I mean, I don't know. Well, looking into the future, let's just say if segregation still exists, would, you know, us being, let's just say if we was a prominent neighborhood. Who's to say with the advancement of technology, they could just, you know, send a drone and, and bomb your neighborhoods or cause riots. I mean, everything is done strategically, man. And I, and I think people don't understand that because they like to live in a happy life. It's easy when you sitting over here looking over there, there's somebody that's actually in the in in the uh, middle of the mix mm -hmm. and seeing what's going on because right. they don't have to deal with that. Ooh, it's hard for them over there. But hey, baby, go ahead and do what you got to do. When you got limited resources or when you got limited education or limited tools to make your life better and you trying to keep up with the Joneses, dog, it's, it's not going to work for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like me hitting a brick wall. I'm not going to get through that. Right. You know, so I think it's important, like you said, and I think we need to go back to the basics. We need to go back to agriculture. I think we need to go back to uh, educating ourselves on finance, financial education. I think that's key in our neighborhoods. I think we we get so dependent on, I ain't going to say white people, but I think we get dependent on the system or the government itself because we have become lazy in certain instances, dog. And I'm not saying, I'm talking in the general sense. I'm not saying any particular right, uh, black people, right, but I'm just absolutely. saying in the general sense that we have became dependent. Even now to the point where integration, it comes to the fact where I should move my kids into a certain neighborhood because I know or I think that they will have a better future than if I stay into a neighborhood that may be of, like you said, urban. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we we are at fault too. Like you said, we are walking contradictions, though. Right. That's why when I hear people talk about unity, it starts at your address. Yeah. You know, before you start going out there and ha holding signs on CNN and NBC. <laughs> Take care of your home, bro. Sister. Flat out. <laughs> <laughs>
I know you want to you want to start a revolution tomorrow. What you say? But if you can't pay your bills, <laughs> come on now. Uh, I, hey, but money. You, you say you, how much you want to fight it? We still in this Western philosophy where you got to do what you have. There to There are do. certain <laughs> things you have to do. You have to take care of in this world, in this life. And if you can't take care of them, listen. You know what I'm saying? I can't trust her. I can't follow your leadership. <laughs> flat out. <laughs> But I mean, this topic about integration, segregation, state of where we are, I, I, I really feel like it's important and it's necessary to kind of get. And we just touched the surface. We yeah, really, we, we, we just really touched did. it. We just touched it in the surface. But I feel like it's a definitely, a, as you said earlier, complex, complicated issue yeah. to where there's just not no one right, right or one wrong, but there's a culmination of things that it has affected us. And I just want to stress like I said before, anytime we have the government, an institution to be the middleman mm. in anything is not going to turn out beneficial for us unless we get rid of the cancer that's in government. Uh, and that's what we got to get rid of. Uh, all these politicians in general are busters. Now, I do give them one credit. They do good. They they know how to take nowhere. I give them that. But besides that. Hey, what you say, B? You said they some busters. They huh? some busters, man. I don't. We can sit down here. We can bring any politician. If you don't want to get on the podcast, we can talk and you can, you can talk and you can sit up here and talk all this legal jargon. And I'm going to still come back to you and say, what are you doing for your community <laughs> besides getting rich? What you say? Besides getting rich, you say getting that, that Manila paper from uh, I mean that Manila uh, envelope. But but think about it. Just think about it. Like who don't like perks at their job? Who don't like getting free stuff at work? Right. But they job deals with working with corporations. Yeah. So yeah. Hey, you know what? The, hey, hey, Congressman Stada. You know what I'm saying? I got this stock. It's finna hit that. Right. I can get you in it's on inside it. Trade, yeah, huh? I got you, bro. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't tell nobody yeah. about this. Next thing you know, this guy got $500,000 in the stock exchange. Like, bro, what, how you do that? I'm just saying. Yeah. And then they privy to information that most Americans ain't privy to, but that's going to another subject. But, yeah. but I think that in modern man, modern black people today in general are in a in a bad situation it, because they saying at according to research I've seen our net worth ain't over seven thousand dollars as a whole as as black people in, as average that's what, crazy and we the biggest commodity in America and dog we ain't worth seven thousand dollars <laughs> the average from what I this one study I seen the average white family has at least a hundred thousand dollars of net worth <laughs> average black family seven thousand dollars so don't don't I'm not fooled by Instagram, bro. <laughs> I ain't fooled by Facebook. That we we took a, we talking about we talking about one percent that's really got it. The rest of us is struggling, baby. Yeah. So what do you say to somebody that say, well, look at y'all, you guys got all these athletes or, or you got all these business owners or these billion, these millionaires, you got a couple billionaires with wearing free, you know, you guys are doing good now. I mean, I don't, I don't see the, what's holding you back. <laughs> 
I feel offended <laughs> when he says we athletes. It's be like, okay, you know, what what are you saying? Like, I, the first thing I think about is a slave standing in the market and seeing how strong he is. If you want to sit up here and talk like we athletes. They you look, their same you, practices in the uh, draft combines. You looking at us as a human specimen with an elongated private area. <laughs> Let's not get there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what they say, you afforded more opportunities now. Like, what's holding you back now? Listen, man, <laughs> opportunities come from education. Mm, speak on that. And if you come from a family structure that's not educated enough that can train you and give you the tools and resources that they're just, you're just going to follow at the same steps. It's a revolving door. Exactly. So I don't, I'm not going to, there is more opportunity, but- at what cost? Listen, I want to be an engineer. I got to pay $80,000 for a four-year degree. At what cost? Yeah, you can get it back, but yeah, I'll be paying like $200,000 back after interest. Do I really want to be under the hole that much? See, these are the questions that many African-Americans, like my mom told me, I ain't signing no student loans. Facts. I ain't signing it. I don't want my name, name on, on that. Right. You're going to have to take care of that. Exactly. So white families... They sit up here. I've come across, and I'm just being real. I've come across people who work it just to pay for their school to, tuition. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but like you said, they are in those positions that they can do that. When you fighting just to make ends meet and put food on the table, man, that's a whole different subject. You, the last thing you worried about was college. <laughs> you going to? I'm trying to live day to day. My <laughs> outlook is different than your outlook because I'm living day day to day, where you can plan ahead and plan for the future, mm-hmm. and because you've been taught or you've been educated to a way, and then there are certain resources that you have access to and where you can manipulate the system because the system was made for you to manipulate, though. And that's why I feel like the system is what's failing black people more than anything because we pay taxes and they have social safety nets, which should not only be monetarily, but also be culturally, right? We should have more programs for children. We should have programs to help parents be educated on the importance of educating their children. And we spend all this money on the military budget, close to a trillion dollars. A lot. And that money could be used to grow our economy even more, which is the unfortunate side of where we are today in the state of this country, is that we are falling victim to the same mistakes that other empires have made. And we too focus on this militarization of our country to the point where we losing more and more people within this country. Everyday Americans are losing. War itself is bullshit itself, bro. I mean, that's historical facts. A lot of demise of empires. I mean, it just costs too much and it's and it's so much. And I ain't talking about financially. It, 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 the casualties that occur, it, it, that cost too. Because now you're losing able bodies that's able to work or able to, to, to uh, provide for a, a, a empire or something of that nature. So... You know, like you said, that, that 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 this whole thing on weapons and everything is just—I think it's just all fluff for real. <laughs> from from what the real plan is, you know, shit. I mean, I think 
Now I ain't even going on my conspiracy theories. <laughs> but I mean, I think po- people got to understand when you look at population, man, it's a, they, they trying to contain that, man. And, Possibly. And, and you know, because when you look at um, demand and supply, that's what they big on, man. When you when you think about the economy, that's what it draw. That's what it comes down to: demand and supply. What do we have to what, what? What kind of supplies do we have versus our demand? Right. And if we don't have enough supplies, somebody's not gonna be able to. Right. Eat. Facts. That's a fact. That's a fact. And I, you know, I think it's 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 it's, it's bigger than what we think, man. I, and I think a lot of times, like you said, the media plays an important role on how we look at things now, and and I and it, and and also the, sh- the the stuff that they put out there is for entertainment purposes, man, to where it can keep us away from really understanding what we really supposed to be doing, man. You know, conscious or unconscious. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie. I look at some bullshit too, boy. I be looking at some some crazy ass shows. I, and there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I was telling somebody today. Sometimes I like to be lulled to sleep. <laughs> sometimes I do. I mean, sometimes in the great words of the great philosopher DeAndre, sometimes me ta- me hey take hey take that shit off your mind. Sometimes do some other shit. Don't hey, don't stress yourself over that. And I'm like, you know what, Dre, you right. Right, dog. Nah, let me, let me take a step back. So I ain't finna read about 1787. <laughs> I'm not finna read about 1865. <laughs> What's that? I'm not dog? finna read about 1910, 1913, <laughs> 1910, the panic, 1913, Federal Reserve. I don't, I don't need to read about That's that. The almanac, I tell you. Nah. Hey, hey, he be knowing all <laughs> these historical facts, boy. He be dropping them days. Don't hey, don't run that bullshit by me. Nah, I'm just, nah. I mean, I, I love listening to people. I don't. I'm, I'm far from knowing everything. There's some people that got podcast channels, and I marvel with the dedication and the, and the plethora of knowledge at their mental disposal. So I, I I salute those people. I think that you know you can teach so many people. People like you was talking about history early. I'm gonna take a step back and say this. Mm-hmm. You were talking about history earlier, and you know I always tell people. What's a memorable moment you had in your life? What is a memorable moment? Was it marriage? Mm-hmm. Was it your child, child being born? Being born. Yeah. Was it you used those. to play basketball? That's history. Yeah, That is history. So you can't say you don't like history if you got memories of your past because mm. that's history. That's true. So you have to understand that you concerned about your history. First time I got that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? You what? Say first time you got that. that, that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we I was watching uh, <laughs> Love and Basketball the other day. Oh, Omar. Oh, Omar had that. <laughs> hey, hey, I think that's when they was having that campaign <laughs> in the 2000s because he first, he was about to go, raw diggity. <laughs> he found that thing. Oh, I got it. <laughs> she like, ooh, she looked. Hold on, man. We got to take a sidebar, bro. <laughs> In that movie, bro, I'm sorry, we changed the topics for a second, but in that movie, bro, ain't nobody getting it like that, bro, in real life. Dude, the dude, he looking at her, she looking at him, he take off his boss and she look down, she look at him, he look like, yeah, you know what <laughs> That's some, that don't happen in real life, I just want a sidebar, you hear me? <laughs> that don't happen. Huh? That don't happen in real life. <laughs> For real. 
I'm just saying. Oh man, this guy. Omar L said he was doing that thing. He said, "You see me, huh? For real." But see that, and but that's the point. Memories like people, those moments you can laugh, you can enjoy, you can right. have fun with. And history is the same thing. I just think that the way history is told is told in a very boring fashion. It's too like point A and point B, and it's going no. It's like point A, point B, and it's like all type of arrows going from point A Absolutely. and then curving and all that, and it ain't Absolutely. going directly to point B. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of cra- it's not as fluid as yeah. they make it seem, right? So I think that's what was wrong with a lot of people not liking the history because I think once you really look at it and view it, people get upset and people want to make change about things that's currently happening. Oh man, that's facts, man. Hey, like you said, everybody don't learn the same, you know. So you got to put that in the, in in into play as well because. <laughs> Like you said, it could be boring if you teach it this way, but if you teach it another way to where somebody responds differently, then it is effective. Right. So, I mean, bro, I think you need to give yourself kudos, man, because I don't I don't think you you understand how knowledgeable you are when you bro. I'm trying to tell you, man. <laughs> everybody don't talk like that. You know what I'm saying? So Hey man, I'm just trying to get you the roses now, and not wait till like, well, damn, you yeah, know, me was yeah, a cool lad. Yeah, man, nah, you know. nah, nah, my bad. <laughs> nah, nah, you cool. Nah, I I appreciate it, but you know, I I, I love to read different things. I've always been into history. I always been because it 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 goes into the cognitive state of who we are. Because essentially, we are. George Washington. Yeah. <laughs> we are Frederick Douglass. Right. We are Abraham Lincoln. We are Glover Cleveland. We are Theodore Roosevelt and FDR because they so, that is our history. And and they though the decisions they have made, good or bad, has helped shape the mindset of our culture as it is today. And we must go into the archives and read, learn, and honor the past and take what they did wrong and move forward in a more productive manner. That's the purpose of history. Like I said, you put your hand over an eye, gas eye, you get burned. You're not going to do that again. Why? Because history taught yourself you're going to burn yourself. Absolutely. Or you run around with that circle who been getting into some trouble and one time you y'all got pulled over and he got a little bit on him so the cops didn't arrest you but the, you ain't gonna do it again because your lesson is you know what I gotta stay away from this guy because he's gonna really get me in trouble yeah yeah like you said in order to know where you're going in the future you must know your past man right and that's where black people especially keep making the same mistakes well but and that's why I think that sometimes we too hard on African Americans about us not we need to do better right we wasn't meant to do better mm. it's not set up for you to do better it's set up for you to be in continual servitude because that's how why you was brought over here so you know the few people out here who's doing good I'm happy for them but they still look at you in service to. Mm. Yeah, we'll let you be rich. Okay, right. that's cool, but you still one of those. Prime example, I was in Houston <laughs> about a month ago and 
for my buddy's birthday. So I went to the Turkey Leg Hunt restaurant and it's a black owned establishment, husband and wife, beautiful, man. I I enjoyed myself when I was there. Uh, I didn't sit in an establishment, but I got it to go, but I still, you know, it was a good turkey leg, even though my jaw kind of hurt, cause you know, turkey, you know what I'm saying? Jaw, huh? You know what I'm saying? That turkey leg, man, my jaw popped out his socket, you know what I'm saying? But long story short, I recently came across a Roland Martin YouTube channel and residents in that community are complaining about the smoke that's going in the air from the from the turkey legs. Come saying, on, man. Are we serious? Trying to shut serious. down the establishment. Yeah. Another way. This is what they think about you, America. See, this is see, this is the type of stuff that people don't want to talk about. They are successful. They live an American dream. And then you got people in that neighborhood saying, Oh, yeah, they that smoke, yeah, that needs to be shut down. We're not liking the smoke that's coming from this place. What kind of neighborhood is it? Well, when I was over there, I couldn't really tell. I'm gonna be completely honest. Okay. I didn't see any of your neighbors, but it's new residences. Like it's a main road that it's off of, but it, it's a street right next to the restaurant. You go up the street, it's residences, it's houses and stuff. So it's is is near a residential neighborhood. So it's not like off on a major road. I mean, it's it's the road kind of cool. It ain't no bad bad road. It's a nice. You get nice flow of traffic, but um. I, it just shocked and perplexed me. And I think that the element, not only is the restaurant, but the element that's attracted to that restaurant. Yeah. Because that that the line was outside the door, bro. Yeah, like the that was a line, like that line least looked like it was 90 minute wait. Like the breakfast. That's club, why I said, man. let me get it to go. Oh yeah, that <laughs> breakfast club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Houston be popping. Yeah, hey, I like Houston, man. It was cool, man. I, I I think another thing where I wanted to touch on, just like what you were saying with the uh the business, I think it's important for us to become business savvy as well, yeah. man. I think a lot of times um we don't have that business savvy, right? And where we may start a business and not knowing all the ins and outs. And you don't have to know, but I think we need to be well equipped to where we can make those kind of decisions that would help us to thrive and, and, and succeed instead of fail. And that's an important thing, too. That's, and, and also, I think as a people, um, the, the way slavery has pent us against each other, it kind of subconsciously made us competitive with each other where I think we don't really want to help each other. This is just my opinion. I'm talking about as a people, uh, but we don't really genuinely want to help each other if we're not getting a certain gain out of it to where it's a it, that everybody can eat at this table, bro. Like, do you know how big fucking the, the, the United States is? Like, do you know how big uh, states are? You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that genuinely as people, we, we should want to help each other. And I'm saying that to, a, to, to an extent to where if somebody is showing you that they are really uh, passionate about it or interested in it, why not give them that tool, man? Because everybody can eat at this damn. I mean, how? And like, like, and it goes back to our point where we talk about how much do you need to live, right? Like, uh, uh, President, um, what's my man name? He just got out of uh, the hospital with the brain. Um, 
Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. He said it best. We are greedy as a nation now. Like we are not in 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 business uh, for uh, the the health of our community because at, we are becoming more and more greedy every year. And at what cost? Why should I x out my brother when I can help my brother to where our communities can thrive? Where we could put where if it's a a bunch of us putting back into this community, then this whole community can thrive. And then we could branch off to that to where we can help that community or we can branch off to that to help that community. Like, I think a lot of times we we not a lot of genuine people are are, are, uh, uh, helping each other out to where. And I understand some people are cannabis, dog. It's snakes. That's just the the way of the world. Snakes that do exist, man. But I think we... We should want to help each other because we're not only helping the next man, but we're helping the next community, dog. That was beautiful. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> not only the next man, but the next community. <laughs> what you say, bro? <laughs> this is Dropping Jewels Podcast, and I'm going to say a quote. Yeah, quote by Mikhail. <laughs> help your community. <laughs> Hey, man, what you want people to take away from this, bro? (laughs) Well, I would say that focus on learning yourself, observing the forces that are continually trying to influence you, and be very vigilant in this day and age. We live in a fast-moving society, but when you slow up, you'll catch the bullshit. Mm. I like that, man. I don't know if I got something. <laughs> well, I just want to say, man, I want y'all to take this and listen to it, man, and and uh, dissect what we're talking about, man. Fact check if you feel like you need to. Uh, if this force you to do research, all do, I mean, all by all means, do it, man. I mean, and then me and Meech go on the record. We, we're not saying every white person is the devil, so... <laughs> But we just clearly, saying, I'm not saying that, right? But we're just saying those are there are systems that are in place that played an important role in your success, and for you to make it seem like that it doesn't exist, that's a smack in the face. So I I I, I feel like that you know we as a people ourselves we need to stop the hatred, man, and start to love it, man, because we can get a lot of things done together than divided. We see what happens when we're divided, right? Yeah, and and you'll be you'll be lying to yourself if you don't believe that this system wasn't created by white people. That's just a lie. You'll be lying <laughs> to yourself if you don't admit it. So, I'm not saying anything that's not true. Yeah. That's a fact that this system in America was created by white people. So, it's white people's system. Yeah. Black people are just within it by the nature they brought were brought over here. That's showing that it's not black people's system. I'm not saying nothing that the history books indirectly don't say. Yeah. Put two and two together. So I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. I love white people. Yeah. I do. I love white people. But but the thing is, is that what's a fact, the fact when we talk in general, general white people, that's a system. That's they created this system. But in relative, I love white people on an individual basis. I love how conversations. I love meeting them. I love talking to them because they cool people because they just like us. They're people. Yeah, under all this, it's nothing but tissue, bones. Exactly. And, and I think people don't separate the, the macro message for the micro relationship. 
Yeah, that's hard. That was hard, man. Say that again. <laughs> Macro message for the micro relationship. Man, on that note, shit, we gonna end this right here, bro. Yeah, Cause God, yeah. dad, they got a hey, they got an earful. If y'all yeah, don't get nothing did. out of this, bro, <laughs> I don't know what to tell y'all, man. Hey, my man, hey. We be coming with them ones and twos. And, hey, Mish, thank you, man. I All appreciate right. yeah, you. Yeah, we man. here, brother. <laughs> we out of here, Joe. All right.